always make time to do good. Always make time to make an impact because I'm a firm believer that when you do good to the world, it will come back to you in whatever way, shape or form. But always make time to give back to the world and to do good and make an impact in, in the society, right? There's, there's so many hours in the day, just allocate a small amount of your time. It might be two hours on the weekend. It might be half a day, but... Welcome to the Mind and Dream podcast, where we help you to not decide what's really important while chasing your dreams. Today's guest is Raj Mendir, a serial entrepreneur. He runs his own consulting firm called Whipped and an edtech platform called Equipped. He started his career in both consulting and M&A before taking the leap into his own businesses. His edtech platform aims to provide a soft skills education to people from underprivileged backgrounds to help them not only in their business careers, but also in their daily lives. And best of all, it will always be free. He's also a keen sportsman, having represented his county at both cricket and badminton. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. Welcome everybody. This is my first real life interview with Raj. Thank you for having me. We're in a beautiful location near Tower Bridge. Thank you for coming down. It's a lovely location. Happy to host you and uh, looking forward to being part of the first in-person podcast you do. So the first thing I want to start off with is what's some common advice you disagree with? Something that a lot of people do sort of spread the spread as gospels like chase your passion, follow your dreams, do what you love. But one thing I would caveat that with is do what you love and love what you do, but make sure it pays the bills. Because it's all well and good chasing your passion, but if it's not earning your living and it's not giving you the freedom to do what you want with your life, you've got to you've got to take a call. You've got to be very pragmatic about you know what you're doing in life and giving yourself the freedom to freedom to fail or the freedom to fly is absolutely important and it's a common phrase that i typically use quite often with people wanting to sort of their aspirations to chase their dreams you've always got to be very realistic in terms of how you chase your dreams at what point in life what's important because there's certain things in life that are fundamentally more important than others yeah and i guess on that point i've heard this story about where people try and build the plane as they jump off a cliff whereas well, what other people do instead is they've got the safety net at the bottom already. So it's, it seems like they're taking a massive risk. But what you don't see is that they've had plans about it. They've got safety net from their other job or something beforehand that's going to pay their bills. And sometimes in this kind of online world and when people look up to other people, they don't necessarily see that. So they think, oh, everyone's taking such huge risks. Whereas actually there's a much smarter plan behind it. Is that what you did when you moved into the kind of entrepreneurship world? Did you have that kind of underlying plan and to keep yourself safe in a way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as much as I'm a risk lover, I'm far from being a risk averse individual. I'm always very realistic as well. So like you said, right, a plane jumping off a cliff. No, have the freedom to uh, fail, have the freedom to fall, have the freedom to fly as well equally. You know, it's so, so important. There's so many opportunities out there. Like you said, the online world, right? Everybody wants to jump into e-commerce or the online world, etc. because you hear so many success stories. But bet your bottom dollar, that's probably only one to two percent of the actual population of people trying to tackle that world. So understanding what it takes to, to do well is equally as important to understand what it's going to take to fail. Right. And failure is so important to factor in because it can make or break a person. And that in itself is a mindset thing. Yeah, I think as well what you see sometimes when you do see failures online, you see it from people who then succeeded. 
And it kind of distorts the image, right? Because you see, oh, they failed and they were then okay. Whereas some people do fail and then go back to their other careers or they give up on it. And we have this survivorship bias, right? You only ever see the stories from the people who are ever big enough to get an audience for you to see those stories in the first place. And it's just something to be careful of where you see that like, there's tip of the iceberg of all the people who tried. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of hard work and the, the heavy lifting that goes in is, is phenomenal. I mean, I've been running businesses, building, failing many, many times, succeeding as well. I've had my wins, I've had my losses, and it takes resilience, determination, it takes a lot of grit. Um, and one thing I will make very clear it's, is that it's an emotional roller coaster. One day you're thinking, this is a phenomenal business. And then the next day you're thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? You have to be in the mindset to be able to sort of tackle this gauntlet, right? It's, it's, all, it's not so smooth sailing as, like you said, those people with the audience, they can talk about their success stories. Yeah. That's all well and good. But if you don't prepare yourself for that failure uh, potential, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And that is quite a big risk. Yeah. So when I quit my job, I've got a bunch of things I do on the side. Some of those ones that I thought were very secure. So I was like, these are my bankers. These are going to give me enough money that I can carry on doing other stuff and be a bit more risky. Mm. But sometimes those things that you think are secure fail as well. They do. And they take you by surprise. So whenever you're in this kind of world, it's good to have a little bit of diversity, I think. Just so that if one thing fails or you're taking a lot of risk in one area, you at least know you've got enough to cover the bills from something else. That's, I totally agree. And that, that's, like you said, risk management, right? It's so, so, so important to strike a balance, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about diversifying your, your investments, et cetera, et cetera, your activities. But one thing I would make very clear and, and clear message is you might see so many people out there doing a bunch of different things, but don't lose sight of what is truly important to you and what you want to focus on. I mean, you've only got so many hours in the day but focus on what you can do best. And when you talk about diversifying, one thing that is so critical to be aware of is know your market. Know where you're investing your time, effort, and resources because if you're, if you're copying someone or you're following someone thinking, oh, I can potentially do that without necessarily knowing it inside out, you're effectively gambling. So if you're gonna put 5,000 pounds behind an e-commerce platform, but you don't know exactly how to do it, just go to the casino and put five grand on red. It's just as good. Do you think there's a time in the past where you got that balance wrong, where you were either too risky or too risk averse? And how did you get through that? How did you kind of rebuild after that? So the most appropriate example of this was when I was running my first venture with a good friend of mine from university. We were running a recruitment business. Neither of us had experience in recruitment and it was a steep learning curve, but an enjoyable one, right? Yeah. Um, and yes, that I did strike, uh, struggle to sort of strike a balance. The moment you step into the business world, you, your eyes open up to the world of opportunities that are available. And especially in the recruitment world, there's so many different industries that you can recruit for that you think that, okay, we can look at, I mean, we focused on banking, construction, and log- logistics. We dabbled in a few other ones, healthcare, nursing, care workers, and we tried to take on too much. Yeah. And inevitably, you know, we had to scale back and, and realign and think, you know, what's paying, what's getting us the best return on cash within the business? Mm-hmm. Our, we're hiring staff in certain areas. Where are we getting our best return? 
So yeah, there has been a time where you get very excited about all these new opportunities, but you don't necessarily think carefully about which one's going to yield the best return until you actually dive into it. And when you're in the flow of running a business, especially something like recruitment, which is an incredibly fast-paced business, you literally just crack on. You make you make very quick decisions. Yeah, I wouldn't say you make rash decisions. You make very you, sh- make you make very sharp decisions, right? Yeah. And I guess being in that fast-paced environment, it helps you and it teaches you how to make big picture decisions very quickly when you think about all aspects of the business. But yeah, over time, that's that's something that I've definitely improved on. And I've had to sort of take some tough decisions to not pursue some of the ideas that I've had in, in, in the past. But guess what? You've got to be pragmatic. Yeah, because just think about that, we say you're recruiting people for banking and nursing. And though they're both recruitment, they're very different fields. And I think sometimes this mistake people make where it's like, oh, I can do this one thing. So even for, say, writing, writing an article versus writing for copywriting or writing for businesses can be very different. So you've got to be really careful about, oh, because I can do this, I can do that too, and it's going to be easy. Because there's a lot of nuance behind that as well. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. And, I mean, just for, for context, I was not necessarily the one doing the recruiting. I was running the business. So every time we looked at a new industry, we'd have to bring someone else in to mm. recruit for that industry. And we, there came to a point where we grew a little bit too much too quickly and sort of doubled our workforce in two months, then had to sort of really shave back. Even though it is within recruitment, they are very different audiences that you're recruiting for, that you're hiring for. And it takes an element of training as well you know, for, you, for your staff. Yeah. I also think that comes to the idea of preparing for success because sometimes when things like blow up, so you had double your workforce, you're not necessarily prepared for that. You're prepared for like some of the things are going to go wrong potentially. But when you think things are going really well, you're not prepared for the overwhelm that comes alongside that. And people sometimes overlook that. It's like, oh, just take on as many opportunities as you can. Exactly. And then no, I, like, yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's so easy to get excited, like I said, and, and grow, grow, grow. But don't grow too quickly. It's yeah. been spoken about many, many times amongst mm-hmm. many business owners that when you grow too fast, you increase the chances of falling flat on your face. That kind of happened to us, right? Yeah. And being being the first venture that I was running, there was an, there were a number of learnings. It was a steep learning curve. They were costly, as well. But and those are the ones you remember the most. Uh, but it's, nevertheless, life is a learning journey, and that's that was probably one of the best foundations from which to learn and then run my future ventures. But you're almost happy you made those mistakes because it's meant you learned the lessons that you could apply later on. Whereas if you took it slower then potentially you might have never known and then been doing growing trying to go too fast today and have it fall the harder the fall i guess because you're further on oh yeah absolutely i mean every failure is a learning opportunity right it it adds to your wisdom Mm. and that was a five-year journey building that Mm. business i grew at 38x over that period of time Mm. which is which is fairly reasonable um Mm. for a service-based business if you if you try to think about the regrets, as you might want to put it in inverted commas, um, in plain English, try not to be too myopic when you're in business. You've mm. always got to maintain a big picture and a longer term vision. Yeah. Because the moment you start becoming quite myopic and only thinking and, and sort of losing sleep over short term mistakes, then 
you're going to get caught in a rut where you can't focus on the on sort of like the bigger picture of yeah. growing and building the organization. If you're if you're running a business, you eat last. You are responsible for the livelihoods of all of your staff. Yeah. And if the business is not performing to that extent, you've got to make some tough decisions. And it comes back to what you mentioned at the beginning about chasing your passion. Because if you're chasing something you're really passionate about, sometimes you do become very myopic because it's so personal to you for it to do well. Whereas you need to take that, sometimes you said, like, zoom out a bit and think objectively. Because if you're really fighting hard for something you're passionate about, it might be that you, if it was somebody else doing the exact same thing, but like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that, that's a mistake. But when it's yourself, like, no, I can do this. And that can sometimes be feel accountable. The one example I'll bring in, in for that would be one of my uh, first startups post a recruitment business. It was a graduate assessment center business. And I learned the art of detachment. Walking away from a business that I had invested my blood, sweat and tears for 18 months, something that I really enjoyed. I put in so much effort, so much resource. When it came to parting ways with one of the, one of the business partners and closing down the business, it was done with good reason. It was very pragmatic. I was thinking long-term rather than thinking short-term and, and things that could be resolved. As I've evolved in, in the entrepreneur journey, I've learned to think about things longer term. Like I said, yeah. rather than making those short-term decisions and trying to hold on to a business, it's all well and good if you've invested 18 months building something and then tomorrow you've got to make the tough decision to say, you know what, let's call it a day. Having that art of detachment and to just let go of a business and to call it a day is, it's not something that's easy to, it's not something you're born with. Right? And it's not something that is easy to develop over time, unless you're put in that situation in a number of ways. Do you find your balance a lot better because the lessons you had in the past? Or are there still things you're struggling with at the moment? So what I'm running at the moment is a startup consulting firm. So I work with early stage founders and um, sort of first time founders as well, helping them sort of navigate the challenges of growing a business and helping them build in the right way and not make the mistakes that I made. If you have someone sort of in the background as a sounding board to guide you along the way, help you avert those mistakes, that is priceless. And something that I built through the pandemic, which was almost like a giving back initiative, is a soft skills platform. Yeah. Um, and that's purely impact, right? Users will never pay for that. The whole purpose of this is to really level the playing field for soft skills education globally. I mean, there are billions of people young adults that come from underprivileged backgrounds. And so my sort of purpose and mission behind this project is to sort of really upskill and equip all young adults globally, as many as possible I can, with the soft skills that are crucial to sort of being successful, A, in the workplace, but also in life, right? Yeah. Um, soft skills are, they're important, not only sort of <laughs> as you build your career, but in your everyday everyday walk of life. It's really, really important to be aware of soft skills and be the best you can. So uh, alongside the consultancy, I'm building this um, platform. It's not free to build. And yeah. so it's really a, a case of balancing my time between pumping out as much education through that platform. I think we're at something like 800 articles in less than one year. Yeah. So I've got a, a powerhouse team really sort of churning out lots of lots yeah. of education and, and content versus helping these founders and delivering my workshops and, and consulting with these small companies. 
So it's a, it's a very exciting journey at the moment. And I think given what's going on in this world right now, the humanitarian impact and aspect of the soft skills platform is quite timely, I think, especially when most of the global population get access to, to the internet. It just means that they're able to access this education free of charge. Yeah. And that for me is very close to my heart. And if I can impact as many people's lives globally, I'm happy. Hi everyone, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I want to take a quick break to ask you to check in on yourself. There's many people struggling with balance and there's nothing to be ashamed about. The tips that my guests and I share can hopefully help you along the way. But if you already feel overwhelmed or burnt out, it's probably best that you ask somebody for help too. For some, this might be a friend or family member, but others might feel like they have nobody they can talk to. If you're one of these people, check out the link in the show notes. It's for United for Global Mental Health. They've got help plans all across the world with people willing to listen on the other side. It's important to let somebody know how you're feeling. Now, back to the show. It's interesting because it comes back to the kind of passion side of things where what you're doing for the consulting side is enabling you to do this other side thing with the edtech. So it's like one is one area of your life is basically powering the other side of your life, which is where you can make a huge impact. And did you kind of think in that way when you were like younger that you're going to want to use your businesses to fund another venture, which is more about impact, or is it which developed over time and you moved towards this during the pandemic or how did that kind of come about for you? So the building of the platform and the conceptualization really came about through the pandemic, early stage, mm-hmm. early doors work with companies globally and I was seeing the impact that COVID was having on sort of the job market globally. People were losing their jobs and they're having to sort of find other opportunities. And I thought, you know what, this is this is my time to sort of give back and help out. I've been lucky enough to to be on the journey that I've been put on. Now why can't I bring other people onto that journey? And you know what, reinvesting the profits into the platform is probably one of the most important decisions I made in 2020 and probably one of the decisions I'm most content about Yeah, because of the impact it's having. And it's it's all well and good building a business and and reaping the rewards, but there's always this aspect of giving back. And that's something that I've sort of lived my life by is always helping those in need. That to me was important. I thought if this is a way to give back and help those out there, I'm going to go all guns blazing and produce as much content and just educate the world as much as I, as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Right? Do you find it helped with your motivation on the consulting side as well? Because you now knew that everything you're doing through that side is then powering this impact. I wouldn't necessarily say there's a direct correlation. I've actually found myself over in the last sort of six to nine months spending more time developing the platform than on the consulting side, right? I've, it's more of a passion. But like you said, you've got to be realistic about, about building a profitable business. And I wouldn't say, okay, I'm able to help these founders, which means I'm powering this side of things. Yeah. I look at it from a big picture. Mm-hmm. I've got the revenue generating side of, of the business and the consulting side, but I've also got the, in inverted commas, CSR side of things where it's having yeah. a social impact. And the moment you confine your, your thinking into the mm-hmm. into sort of the mindset of, of this component is powering this component within the business, yeah. you isolate those two mindsets, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll find yourself thinking too much about driving the revenue to power that side. 
which means yeah. that you can't find the passion in consulting with these founders. Because at the yeah. moment, I, I have such a huge passion in the startup world. Mm-hmm. Those who know me will, will vouch for that. It's mm-hmm. something that I really enjoy and yeah. it's something that I, I will talk day and night about, right? And so when I enjoy doing the consulting, I'm not in the mindset of, okay, every hour I'm doing consulting with the startup, mm-hmm. it's gonna power those, the, the articles. It's more of a case of, right, I'm enjoying the time helping these startup founders and these yeah. first time founders get, find their footing, but I'm also equally enjoying the time building the platform and making an impact on the world. Yeah. As an example, I am now in touch last week with a, a charity that helps out children up until the age of 18 with sickle cell disease. Yeah. And bringing the, the soft skills education to such a population, it's a real honor, honestly. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily drive uh, the, profit, the profiteering side of things to the impact. Yeah. I think what's great about that is that you enjoy both sides, where sometimes I know, for example, I did economics at universities. So there's a lot of people who say, oh, I'm going to go into banking and I'm going to go into banking, which I hate. But I'm going to do that because I can then use that money for good. Which, what's good for you is that you're doing something you enjoy anyway, but that's also helping you on this other side. And I think it's quite a good point for like, people listening is that you don't need to do something you hate to make the money to make an impact. Ideally, you can do things you love on both sides. I totally agree. And look, the, the evolution of the workforce today is, is providing ample opportunities for people to move from the traditional corporate world to into the startup world, into the technology world, where the opportunities are so broad, right? There's a full, whole spectrum of new opportunities that you wouldn't even thought about five years ago. And so people can really find their passion in the work that they do and still earn a healthy living, but not necessarily say, like you said, in banking, right? The world is crying out for talent. It's for example with me, right? Where I never thought I'd go into writing and go into all these other things. And sometimes you've just got to try things and then that might make you enjoy it. And then now I've got the strategic plan and now I'm building things out. Because sometimes people don't know what they want to do. Mm. And that's where they're stuck in a career which they're unhappy in. And sometimes you just need to try things and then by doing that, you'll find these opportunities of where you can make a healthy living, like you said, doing something you actually enjoy. I mean, I graduated from LSE in 2009, mm-hmm. which is when the credit crunch just yeah. kicked in. Irrespective of having LSE on the CV, no one was hiring because no one wants to spend. And so I had to find my footing in industry. So consulting in telecoms and then mm-hmm. uh, working in a, in a SaaS business um, sort of 10 years ago and I've always worked in small small teams and small companies which has really contributed towards the, the sort of the speed at which I've sort of evolved my learning especially in the working world mm-hmm. right and I think those traditional roots of the graduate schemes and the, the mm-hmm. sort of the professional schemes I mean look if you're going to go into accounting yes by all means go and aspire to work for a big four because that's the best training you're going to possibly get yeah but if you're not looking to go down a professional route the opportunities are endless and you can, the more you spend time in, in small teams, the more, the more you're exposed to, and the more you can learn over time. And um, like I said, life is a learning curve. And the moment you have that freedom to fail, or the freedom to fly, you can always try new things, right? And, yeah. and that is when you, you not only learn about business, you also learn about yourself, because you learn about your own skills, where your sort of values, your, 
your sort of state of mind is most mm-hmm. sort of valuable, right? I am yeah. I'm, I'm a very resilient person. I, I'm a, I'm a grafter. Mm-hmm. I'm a very calm individual. I mean, when I was running the recruitment business, I had staff telling me, "Raj, how the hell do you stay so calm when we get certain crazy uh, situations when shit hits the fan, right? You got mm-hmm. so many fires to put out." My staff used to be in awe. As you grow in as a leader, mm-hmm. you, you you develop these attributes, and they're so crucial to being successful in business. Yeah. And so I had the same experience where I worked for a small startup for most of my career. So it was only, I think, 40 employees by the time I left and I was the fifth longest serving employee. But being in that scenario, it makes you learn quicker because you don't have the safety of 10 levels above you. Exactly. And I think that really helps in terms of my own learning, like you said, because I'm forced to learn and it also gives you the opportunity because if you learn something faster, you can then start taking control of it and start being the expert in that area. Whereas sometimes at a large firm, you can start feeling like you're a cog in the machine. Exactly. You're confined to that little box of your responsibilities and you're churning that day in, day out, day in, day out. Whereas in a smaller firm, you're exposed to a number of different parts of the operation. And like I said, you learn quicker, you learn more and you learn faster because you have no choice. Do you think at the moment you've got the right balance? So you've got your consulting business and you've got the um, impact journey for the ed tech. Do you think that's the right balance for you at the moment or have you got other things you want to do? So obviously I know you've got other things going on in your life, obviously, you've got a partner, you enjoy cricket, you've got everything going on. What's the kind of like ideal lifestyle you want to build towards? I mean, cricket is such an important component <laughs> of my life, but I also know that you need to work, you need to work, work hard. The, the moment you have that flexibility to really pursue as many passions as possible, mm-hmm. you'll reach a very content state in life. I have a number of passions, right? Business being one of them, cricket being one of my big, my biggest passion. I'm very active, very sporty. Played yeah. cricket at state level, played badminton at state level. Um, I stay very active now. Did martial arts for 15 odd years when I was younger. And being active is a, is, a, is such an important part of my life. But also cooking. Um, over the, over the lockdown, I found a real passion in cooking. I mean, I've always enjoyed cooking now and again. But cooking is, is therapeutic, I would say. Um, yeah. My family's all from Malaysia, which is probably one of the biggest foodie nations globally. And I found myself cooking nearly four to five meals per week mm-hmm. and forever wanting to learn more. I don't necessarily see work as work. I see work as a passion. And I see mm-hmm. everything that I do as something that I enjoy. Yeah. And if, you, if, you have a, if you're able to strike a balance between all the things that you do, you're, you're well positioned to... Mm-hmm. Like I said, live a very happy life. Yes, I've got a pipeline of a number of different projects that I'm very excited about. I would love to roll out, but also over, from my learnings in time, over the last few years, you can't always roll out all the projects that, that are on the table, right? So you've got to be very pragmatic. You've really got to take, a, take an assessment and think, right, which one's going to yield you the best returns? Over what duration? Is that a short-term win? Is that a long-term win? And you, you have like a gradual sort of iterative process of reviewing projects. Do you ever take on projects which are something which you just really, I guess you're doing it now with EdTech, right? Where it's not necessarily one that's giving you the best return monetarily-wise, but it's giving you a good return in terms of your general happiness and your outlook on life. So you kind of take that into perspective as well when you're looking at which projects to pick of all the opportunities you have available. In the sense that the EdTech business, the impact it's having gives me the greatest reward. 
Yeah. Yes. The consultancy and all the various other bits and bobs, mm-hmm. they they are profitable ventures, mm-hmm. but the impact that you can potentially have on the world's population, that to me is priceless and is probably more rewarding than running these profiteering ventures. In all honesty. Yeah. So for the people listening at home today, if there's one mindset shift they could make that you think would make a positive difference in their life, what would it be? Always make time to do good. Always make time to make an impact because I'm a firm believer that when you do good to the world, it will come back to you in whatever way, shape or form, but always make time to give back to the world and to do good and make an impact in, in the society, right? There's, there's so many hours in the day, just allocate a small amount of your time. It might be two hours on a weekend. It might be half a day, but make the time to make an impact on this world. It's so rewarding and, and something that I'm a very strong advocate of, you know, working with vulnerable, vulnerable people, working with people from disadvantaged backgrounds. If you can help make their lives a bit better, even in a very small, uh, small way, you know what? That's priceless. It's what I think a lot of people are searching for at the moment. And like I said, it's not as difficult as people sometimes make out. You just need to make a decision and allocate a little bit of your time a day to it or a week, whatever it is. Absolutely. And you can help people. It doesn't need to be a master plan that you need to think out for months and months and months. You could be helping the people around you and making them happier. And it has that knock-on effect, right? If you're doing something good for somebody around you, they're a bit happier, which then makes them maybe do something good for somebody else. And it's that dominant effect and it just improves everything for everybody. I, I totally agree. I mean, having that humani- humanitarian component in your heart will be the biggest driver. I mean, even with the platform, with the EdTech platform, I thought about it one day, I mobilized a team within a week and I started building. I've got the team to start producing the, producing the articles, the education, and obviously I'll review it and started building the platform, which took two to three weeks. And I just rolled it out immediately. I took the firm decision. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. I didn't need a perfect platform. It's still pretty primitive if you go and check it out. But if you want to, if you want to do something, take action, make it happen and really act upon your intentions. I think that's very, very important because a lot of people out there may be hesitant to pursue that, that sort of intent because they may not know where to start. Figure out where you can roughly start and just get the ball rolling. You'll learn along the way. No, nothing is perfect in life. By educating some of these people, they might get great jobs and that might then help them feed their families, which then puts, maybe puts their kids into education. Or there's all these kind of things which you won't necessarily see, but that it just helps so many people without you actually like getting that direct feedback. And I think sometimes people worry too much about the direct feedback that you get, where, oh, so say like for an article of mine, like let's say, 100,000 people read it and I got 100 comments. But what you don't see is all the people who don't necessarily apply or don't necessarily email, but it's changed them and it's helped them. Instead of thinking about like, what's the return I get from people messaging you or people saying, oh, well done. It's also, what's all the change I've made that I don't even know about? And that's an incredible thing, right? And that is the power of education, Mm -hmm. right? It will always have some sort of impact on someone's life across the world. And you won't know where. And, and you don't necessarily need to know where because the moment you, are, you have that intention of doing good and giving back to this world, really expecting that gratitude almost negates that intent, right? Mm-hmm. So like you said, and I didn't even think about this, right? That the soft skills training, ed- education could 
help that person get a job and feed their family and then provide their kids with an education. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But now that you say that, it's, it, it really underscores what you just said about the moment you seek gratitude in what you're doing to give back, it kind of counters you know, that intention. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Raj, today. Where can people learn more about your platform and what you're doing at the moment? So the platform is equipped.com. So that's EQ, like emotional intelligence, EQWIPPD.com. Um, the consultancy is whipped.com, W-I-P-P-D. Find me on LinkedIn, Raj Mendir, um, director at Whipped. And the final thing to wrap up on is what's one small thing that's brought you joy recently? I think I'm just going to have to circle back to cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Playing cricket, watching cricket. I mean, I went to watch the, the test match at Lords, England versus mm-hmm. India. That brought me joy. And playing cricket this week is going to also bring me that nugget of joy as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. It really helps to get the message out further. Wherever you're listening, it would be awesome if you could subscribe and to share on your social media channels. If you want to see more of my work and advice, you can find all of the links in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a lovely day.